Welcome to Invest in Women, the podcast series, your insight into the growing wealth of women and the issues that impact their business and yours. See what happens when you educate, empower, and invest in women. Let's face it, retirement planning can be confusing. At Jackson, we're working to make retirement clear for everyone, starting with you. Our easy-to-understand resources and user-friendly digital tools help simplify your entire experience. You can have confidence in your retirement with clarity from Jackson. Seek the clarity you deserve at Jackson.com. Jackson is short for Jackson Financial Incorporated, Jackson National Life Insurance Company, Lansing, Michigan, and Jackson National Life Insurance Company of New York, Purchase, New York. Robin Crane joins us now. Robin, thank you so much for taking the time. Now, I uh, we're going to have your bio in the show notes, but I just have to say, I mean, like you're a keynote speaker, you're a best-selling author, you're a business coach to financial professionals. That's why you're with us today. You're a mom of three kids, <laughs> some young, a teenager. You play sports. I mean, I just need you in my life on a daily basis to let me know how you accomplish all these things. I mean, <laughs> oh gosh, well, I do get help. I'll tell you, I don't do it alone. That's for sure. But um, yeah, it's a challenge sometimes the little, little ones and my, my three and a half year old likes to come into my office at the most inopportune time. So probably, you know, she might walk in, That's but awesome. um, yeah, it's also a great time in life where it's just, I I'm really reaping the benefits and kind of harvesting all, all the hard work over the years. So it's been nice. Well, I love it. I have a nine-year-old, so that's why I'm like, you know, and I, I'm, I'm one and done and it's a, it's, you know, it takes up a lot of my time, which is a great thing, but that's one of the reasons, you know, we gear our show toward women and, you know, women who are much like the two of us that are professional women, sometimes mothers, sometimes taking care of elderly parents, you know, doing both, um, you know, so I, it's one of those things where I do think there is a different perspective, um, knowing that sometimes you are the one to get everything done and still have to fulfill your dreams kind of, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel sorry for myself all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I, no, I, I do think I, I, I mean, I'm joking, but I also do think like, sometimes I, I, I get into this martyr role a little bit where I'm like, you know, even with my husband, like I do it all, you know? And it's like, it's, it's kind of, I think maybe woman's thing where it's like, we do feel like it's all on us where sometimes it, a lot is on us and that's real. And then sometimes I just think that's probably patterns that I've run from my parents of like putting all this pressure on myself of, you know, right. being the best version of me. My mom used to always say, you know, you're, you're a better version of me you're a better version of, you know, just like that. So I like held myself to a very high standard. Um, but I, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's amazing what we women can do because we can do more than men can do. And that's, um, actually a literal statement, right? I mean, we can have babies and they can't, but I, I, I do feel like from a women's perspective that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially if we're, you know, working hard in our career and trying to make it as advisors or make it as business owners and, and there are a lot of moving parts because we care so much about helping people. We care so much, you know, about being there for everyone and putting others first. Sometimes that there is some, you know, oftentimes a, a pullback in, in areas of our life because, because of that, because we're always putting others first and doing so much. So mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I do sometimes feel like, oh gosh, it's amazing. And sometimes I, and the reason I'm here is because I beat myself up all the time as well, you know, and we just keep going back, playing that game back and forth, back and forth. 
Well, and I think too, with men and women, you know, I have a son and I'm always, you know, reiterating to him about the equality of men and women, yet there's, you know, there's beauty and diversity and beauty and differences and working together. And, and I think for, you know, some of my explanation based on what you just said is, um, you know, we're very emotionally based, you know, and that is, you know, is that nature, nurture, who cares what most women are, you know, there's a lot of emotions that run through our veins at, at every single moment. And thus, that's why I think that like when you talk about everything that you um, you suffer through for your on your own, beating yourself up. I mean, every woman can relate to that because it's it is like a, a constant river of things that you have to navigate. So based on all that we've said, we're going to move uh -huh. it to money because I know like, you know, I mentioned earlier, you're a coach to financial professionals. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how that mentality may change, it may differ with women when they, they deal with money and how female financial professionals can use that, their gender as an advantage for both male and female clients when it comes to that. Yeah, I think the number one thing that women are naturally good at is um, typically we're better listeners. We're also better talkers. I think a lot of times I go on dates with my husband sometimes and I'm like, can you just let me talk first? Like, I just want to talk a lot and I just want you to listen and then I'll listen. So I, I don't know. I think there's both, but I think we're naturally, and I'm going to use this almost a negative term, but intentionally is we're naturally nosy. Like we like the details. We want to know what makes someone tick. We want to know what's holding them back. We want to know what their problems are. We, we want to know that stuff. Whereas I think, you know, some, some men, and this definitely isn't all, but some men, it's more like, you know, just the facts. And I just want to know, like, here's the, here, you know, we were taught in the financial industry to mostly fact find in the sales process and mostly just show the different options of how they can work with us. Like here are the investment options, here are the life insurance options, here are your annuity options. And it's kind of pitching, even though it doesn't seem like it, but that's really what it is. And if we flip the script, like what women naturally are like, they want to know more details about things. And so if we just add some components of that, that we're naturally drawn to, like, well, what is really driving you? Like, what is it that you really want? You know, it's, it's kind of like an acting, what's your motivation, you know, but we do need to know, like, what's their motivation? Because right. just because someone says they want to retire in 10 years, like that means so many different things to different people. And if you don't get curious and you don't get nosy and you don't get the details, then what separates you? Like what makes you different than everybody else? Like why not just go to five other advisors who offer, you know, similar stuff, but packaged slightly differently. And then it's just the perception of value. That's really going to be, um, you know, important to the decision-making process. So if you instead really understand what they want, you really understand what makes them tick, you really understand what's motivating them. You really understand their concerns then you can solve their problems. And, and women naturally want to do this. And I think we're also fulfilled by this because it's, it's so just, I guess I can't say think of an even better word than fulfilling, but I, I would say transformational to be able to take someone from having anxiety about money, feeling uncertain about money, feeling un, like disempowered or, you know, un, unsure about what to do and how to make those decisions. And then to empower them with decision-making and feel like they're doing the right thing when their whole life, they were worried about doing the wrong thing. Like that's where all of a sudden, like we women just like light up, light up, light up. Like this is like, there's probably this part in our brain that's just like, boom, 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 you know, light up because this is, 
that fulfillment light in our brain, which I'm totally making up is going to be now the new psychological term, the fulfillment light. Um, but <laughs> that's the name of off. your next book. That's the name of your there next book, go. by the way. <laughs> fulfillment light. Yeah, it goes off like, oh my gosh, like this is why I'm here. This is why I do what I do. And this is where the magic happens. And the money is just validation of the transformation that you're providing. Mm-hmm. And many women play it safe. Like, oh, I don't need to get too many clients. I don't want to go too high net worth. I don't want to, you know, like, um, I don't need to work with the wealthiest people in the world. And it's, to me, it's like, we're playing small. And I say we, because I've done the same. We're playing small because we're concerned about what people are going to, are going to think about us. We're concerned. They're going to think we're money hungry, but you know what, if the women who care the most about people in the world have the most money in the world, we're going to make the biggest impact in the world. So I'm mm-hmm. like, don't feel bad. You don't have to apologize for making more money and, and working with wealthy people who are also the people in the world who are going to make the biggest impact because money does give a lot of people choices and gives, allows people to give back more and all the things and create more success. And so it's like, it's okay to help those people who are hurting that have a lot of money. Like that's mm-hmm. okay. And it's okay for you to make a lot of money so you can change the world at a faster pace. And it's okay to have everything you want and have the freedom and flexibility and time with your nine-year-old son and, you know, all the things that we want and play pickleball, you know, three, four times a week, like I like to do, you know, it's okay to do that. But we women sometimes don't give ourselves permission for that. Like as if it's not okay, if we get to enjoy the the harvest, like reap the benefits of everything we've worked hard to do. And then to be able to get on in a place where we position ourselves to actually reap the benefit and not have to keep working as hard. Well, it's, it's like also we, think we to, have to work that hard to get the result. Yeah. Well, and Robin, I think also the definition of reaping the rewards, you know, because I just think that when it comes to money, there's just been, you know, you you think of, like you said, the biggest ballers, right? The ones that got the biggest boats and the biggest cars and the biggest houses and, and they got and these exotic the trips. <laughs> Since you said baller, like that's where it comes from, right? It's a, right. I say baller too, but it's like a male word because like exactly. we associate with that, right? But I had to, yeah. I had to interrupt you. <laughs> no, I'm glad Sorry, you did because, inappropriate. no, it's not inappropriate. It, I mean, it, because it's the truth and we're talking about the right. truth. And, and I think that, yeah. you know, I wrote down playing small because women do that all the time. And so um, it's almost like we're afraid to ask for what we want. And sometimes it's because we may not know what we want because we've been serving others, but you know, that kind of goes into the question about when you work with financial professionals as well as, you know, their clients, um, you know, I benefited from having both parents involved in business. So my mother was just as business savvy as my father um, when it came to money. But I know many people who didn't have that situation and that so many men in their families ran the money and passed that information on to their sons but didn't necessarily train their daughters on the same thing. Now that's generations past. Do you see, still see that trend happening now or is it better? Yes. I still think that trend is happening now unconsciously and even women do it. And, and they've had studies and I don't remember the studies, but I know I've heard about, I've heard about these studies um, where (laughs) that even women treat their son differently than they treat their daughter. And it's not like an intentional thing. It's just, it's so generationally like intertwined in our brains. And it's happened for, for so many years. And I'm talking, I don't know if you believe in past lives, I kind of do kind of don't, but it's like, but even if it's not past lives, it's like our, the generations before it all trickles through to us. Like my mom is a very nervous person. She worries about everything. And her mom 
who of course I knew my grandmother, but she had her quote in high school, you know, under the senior picture was I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Okay. So this is like my grandmother's claim to fame is I'm so nervous. Like we're celebrating this. Like that's, that's not necessarily a good thing. And, you know, my mom was just here in town visiting and my, my husband, this is horrible if my parents hear this, but like, let's just be honest. My, my husband was saying, I see how you carry a lot of stress and anxiety about certain things, because I see it in your mom of how much, like she just finds things to worry about. And, and it's, 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 it, it's hard to see. And it's, and it's hard to like, I don't know, just like watch my mom do this when she has, you know, let's say a health challenge with her eye right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the stress, if you just weren't worried about all these things. Now I'm talking about emotions, but I think all of that trickles down. And so part of it is something that's like an unconscious um, you know, uh, I don't know, generational thing that happens, whether it's from your mother or your father, there's definitely things I get from my dad that I'm like, oh yeah, like I have this belief because of, you know, the way my dad talked to me and I felt stupid. And, you know, we all have these stories, right. Of like what Mm -hmm. happened when we were five or seven or nine or, or whatever, which is why as parents, we're so scared of traumatizing our children. But (laughs) I I hardly had conversations with my father. So I probably have too many with my son. Right. So (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, right. So sometimes, yeah, we do the opposite, but part of it is that it's just, it's, it's like an, it's, it's trickling down, I think through the unconscious or subconscious beliefs that are happening from, let's say my grandmother's grandmother's grandmother. Like if she was so nervous, like imagine, you know, some of these, and I'm Jewish, like who experienced the Holocaust and had to flee and like talk about nervous, right. Of something that's real. It's like, if we experience this when, you know, in my family of, during times of the Holocaust where they had to escape of reasons to really be nervous. Generationally, it's like my grandmother and my mother had to create that same feeling almost like to make sure to um, provide homage to, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Like, like respect to our elders in our future, in our past generations. I don't know. That's very weird shit, but like, I think all no. of that matter. <laughs> I'm following right along. I'm with you because all right. All right. you guys following your following. Yes. But, but I think, So, so that's like, I think something happening that most of us are not aware of, which is, you know, why I'm really interested in kind of getting deep into those unconscious beliefs and like ripping them out, because I think there are things plaguing me every day that like, I try to push down and, and, you know, that affect me in a positive way as well. Like, like I am this successful because of these things, like I'm just as grateful for all the things I've gotten from my parents as I am blaming them for all my problems, right? It's like <laughs> equivalent. I'm very, cause I'm happy with who I am, but I also don't want to stay who I am. Like I know there's a next level, but I also think there's certain things that are like ingrained in us that are actually more conscious or maybe it's not intentional, but it's more verbal, right? Of like my dad even said to me, I recently brought up to him, like how I remember this conversation when I was asking him to help me with math. And he, at one point he was like, I, well, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, I don't know. And he crosses his arms and just in total frustration, he's like, this is, this is all I can explain to you. And I brought that up to him recently. And he's like, I don't remember that exact circumstance, but I remember that feeling. And he said, I just felt like when I explain things to your brothers, they think the same as I do. They're more like engineer type. They, you know, they, they were just different. And when I explained things to you, I actually was frustrated because I didn't know how to explain it in a way for you to understand, which is what he said. And which is, and he was frustrated, but the way I took it was, oh, I must be stupid. I'm not good enough. I'm not loved is that's what we do as children. Right. So like those, and it wasn't necessarily, you know, a money thing, but I think we can apply that to money as well. And like, you know, if we 
believe that we're not smart enough. We believe we're not going to do the right things with our money. And, and my whole family is just like, it's a right or wrong, right or wrong. Everything is right or everything is wrong, right? So it's like very black and white. And when it comes to money and that stuff, I see how that comes up for me with so much scarcity because I'm like so afraid to make the wrong choice, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we got into a therapy session here, but- um, No, I, know, well, look, I yes, love it. This, this is how girls talk. I mean, because that's the right? thing is that this is geared toward women. Every woman listening be like, I, I feel you, Robin. I know exactly what you're talking about. But the beauty of everything you just said is that if people are self-aware- of these things that there may be a miscommunication, a misunderstanding of how things were given to them, that there's hope that you can change it. You know, my concern always is that some women may not be self-aware enough to understand that when you dismiss your finances to your husband, or you chose not to go into a profession that had to do with money because you were intimidated, you know, you can always make changes because you are capable of doing it. And I think that it's vital that you understand, you know, my, fortunately, again, my parents were my brother and my sisters. We all had to learn to be self-sufficient. It wasn't just my brother. And then we would just pass the girls off to the husbands. Right. And I think that I know so many women, whether it's money or whether it's safety or whether it's car maintenance or whatever it is, they do not feel self-sufficient and they have not given themselves the opportunity to. And I know plenty of guys that don't know crap about any of that stuff, but they have just been trained to think, well, let me try it and see if it works. And if it doesn't, I'll call somebody. Right. And there's no um, insecurity about their decision-making it seems. Right. Yeah. I think I would agree with you. Like in, in my upbringing, I didn't, I didn't feel at least at a conscious level like that, it was different between my brothers and I, as far as the money stuff or expectations. Like I definitely think my parents gave me a lot of um, support in like doing what I thought was right, even though it was about right and wrong, but like, and, and actually supporting me and trusting me in those decisions. I did some things that are just extremely unconventional. You know, at 25, I went and traveled around the world for a year, um, which my parents like, go ahead. They didn't pay for it, but they said, go ahead. You know, and I, I came back and I decided I wanted to be a singer songwriter. And my parents like, if that's what you want to do, like, they weren't like, no, go be a doctor, go be a lawyer. You know, I didn't have that pressure. It was like, if that's what you want to do, go for it. You know? And that was, that was really important to me and that felt really good. Um, and that I had that support and that they just, they did have a lot of belief in me that I could do anything. And my mom would always tells the story of how, you know, when I was two years old, I climbed the jungle gym and she was so nervous I was going to fall. But like she did, even in spite of the fact that she was, you know, freaking the F out, she let me go climb the jungle gym. It's like, Mm -hmm. she let me like do those things you know, in spite of the fact that she had a lot of fear and I could feel that anxiety, but it's like, it didn't hold me back from doing it. And I had a lot of like entrepreneurial things, you know, looking back that I've talked about before, just that it's almost surprising with my upbringing that I upbringing that I did this, but I started my own swim lesson business when I was, I think 16, like I started teaching swim lessons for eight bucks, a half an hour. And then by the time I was 25, I was charging $25 a half an hour. And I went and traveled around the world. Cause I had saved like, I don't know, 10, 15 grand or maybe more. I don't remember now, but it was like a lot of money for a 24 year old and to be able to do that. And Again, I think that had a lot to do with the fact that my parents believed in me and mm-hmm. let me make my own decisions it, with judgment sometimes, but it's like the judgment and the support, the support was still there, even with the judgment. Right. Right. And so I think as a society, just to wrap this, you know, come back around to what you're saying, I think as a society that 
of course, it's more typical that women feel like the man's going to take care of them and the man's going to do the stuff. And even with the upbringing, I will tell you in our relationship, I've always made more money than my husband. And I still want him to make more money. Like, and we make together, both of us, he makes good money. I make good money and we have plenty of money. I still want a lot more. Cause like, I just, I still, I'm have the scarcity mentality that I feel like I still don't have enough. I'm afraid it's going to all be gone. Like I have all that. And I still want to be a woman and just want to be cared for. And I, I want to not have to worry about it and feel like I have to do it all. And if my husband made 10 times the amount of money, I'd still want to make as much money as I make and more and become the person that I'm meant to become. But I, and maybe it'll never be enough unless I change those beliefs, which I'm working on. But I do think <laughs> it's like still in me, like this desire to be taken care of, but still equally the desire to succeed in my own right. Well, I mean, I, and I think that that's embracing all of you, the whole of you, right? So that's kind of, you know, un, I think for women, for me, um, that we need to just be self-aware and embrace the limitation as well as the ambition and not worry about what we think about ourselves, right? And that be it. So Robin, uh, before we go, um, if there was one piece of advice that you would tell a female um, advisor and one piece of advice you tell a female client, what would that be? It's really, really difficult advice, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, But imagine a world where you didn't care about what people thought, both of you whether you're an advisor or whether you're a client, whether you're, you know, someone who just wants to make enough money, have enough money, have financial freedom, like everything would change if you just let go of what everybody else thinks about you and your decisions. And I can't say I'm, I am relieved of that. So I have to take my own advice, but like you said, self-awareness, I'm working on it and constantly working on me and who I am and becoming just like my mom said, the best version of myself. I'm competing with me and only me. And I just read 10 X is easier than two X. So like, I want to go 10 X and 10 X and 10 X again. And it's all about me and who I am. But the thing is what keeps, I think women shackled to the ground or, you know, shackled in general is, is this motivation to prove themselves, which is what I lived my whole life to do, like without realizing it, like prove I'm smart, prove I'm good enough, prove I'm worthy, prove, you know, all this. And the closer and closer I get to, to just having more of what I want. And I don't mean just money and all that stuff. I mean, everything like, and and more of the day-to-day of, of not feeling bad or, you know, being happy with how things are, regardless of it's working or not working. Like that's the stuff I'm really striving for is like from an internal place to be okay with how things are regardless of what it looks like on the outside, which is the hardest thing. But right. I do think that if, if I, and I'll just talk for myself now, if I could let go what everybody else thought or thinks, including my mom, including my dad, including my brother, you know, people closest to me, but also including the public and everybody who sees me, then I, I think I would be able to do even more and create more success and create more transformation and make a bigger impact in the world. And so that's what I'm striving for. I love it. Robin Crane, thank you so much for joining us today. I think that, you know, everything you just said every day, you have a new opportunity to do that. And I think for women just to be able to relax within themselves is a, is a great gift. So thank you for sharing yourself with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to invest in women, the podcast series your insight into the growing wealth of women and how to attract and retain your female clients and help scale your practice. Learn more by subscribing to this podcast 
or visiting fa-mag.com.